From Hollywood to Houston, New York to London, Dave Morales and John Stenvall take you backstage with the biggest names in the world of entertainment and beyond. Follow them into a new age of movies, music, gaming, and technology like you've never seen before. This is the Backstage Experience. Hey, everybody, it's a big day for us because we are celebrating episode two. Yay, number two. And we actually have a really cool subject to talk about today. It is the Animaniacs. Well, John, I want to also welcome everybody, all the new subscribers and the people that are, because I know initially we were on Spotify for the backstage experience. And now we're really excited because we're on the Apple platform. And I know a lot of people, I've been hit up personally by people that are starting to subscribe to us. So welcome. If you haven't heard the first episode, that was with Vince Vaughn. You can go back and uh, listen to that one for his new movie, Freaky. It's, it's, it's a lot of fun. Um, but yeah, we're super excited about episode two. I know you are excited about the Animaniacs. Uh, you got to speak with some legends. And I, I could tell from your interview, John, just the, the, the expression on your face, you truly turned groupie, which was, was made it even more fun. And I'm not you know, making fun of you or anything like that, because honestly, uh, over the years, I've done some of these where I'm like, oh my gosh, I can't believe this is, and you know who you're talking to. So for you, yeah. uh, it was the Animaniacs. Tell us who you talked with and tell us about what they said. I mean, growing up as a 90s kid, Animaniacs was just massive. You know, behind Mighty Morphin Power Rangers, it was the second most popular series of the 90s for kids. And so for me, it was just... It was kind of overwhelming in a way. I usually don't get, like, geeked out. I don't really fan out on doing interviews. But when I got to talk to Maurice LaMarche, who plays Brain and Pinky in the Brain, that just kind of blew my mind. Like, I never would have thought as a child that I would get to sit down with Maurice and talk to him about his work on the Animaniacs and Pinky in the Brain. And for those of you that don't know, Maurice has is a legend when it comes to voice acting. I mean, the guy has over 380 voice acting credits. He's had recurring roles on American Dad, Rick and Morty, Powerpuff Girls, Simpsons, Futurama, King of the Hill. I mean, and it just goes on and on. So pretty much anybody that was born in the 70s till now has definitely heard Maurice's voice in a variety of different animated shows. And so I got to talk to him. And then I also got to talk to Gabe Swart, who is a co-executive producer on the show. And the really cool thing about Gabe is Gabe got into the game, into the animation game, after the Animaniacs had already quit airing back in 98. So he, like me, grew up as a fan of the Animaniacs. And then for him to now be a co-executive producer and to work with Steven Spielberg on this, uh, it kind of just blew him away, you know, getting to do that. So, yeah, it was a lot of fun to get to talk to these guys. Uh, before you run some of the interview, because I know we're going to jump into that right now. Uh, I'm not mistaken, he actually did some of the voice of the character for you during the interview. Yeah, so Maurice actually did some of the Pinky and the Brain voice, so that kind of just blew my mind. All right, let's check it out. I definitely want to hear this. Uh, we're talking to Animaniacs. Tell us again who we're talking with. So this is Maurice LaMarche, who plays Brain and Pinky and the Brain, and Gabe Swore, who's co-executive producer of the Animaniacs. This is backstage with the Animaniacs. Gabe and Maurice, it is so good to meet you today. Well, thank nice you, John. Nice to meet you, too. I got to admit, I'm kind of geeking out today because Animaniacs were a huge part of my childhood growing up, and I'm sure with uh, you, Gabe, it was as well. 
what was it like for you guys to get back together and do this? I want to start with you, Maurice. Well, for me, it was like, you know, the greatest family reunion you could ever hope for. We've all stayed friends, Jess, Tress, Rob, and I, all through the years. We've done a ton of Comic-Cons and, 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 and you know, the Rob, Rob and Randy Rogel have a, an Animaniacs live show they take on the road with an orchestra and sing the music of Animaniacs. So we've all stayed close. Jess throws a Christmas party every year. So, uh, but, but to get back in the studio, you know, and to plant our tushies in chairs, open up a script that says Animaniacs, episode one, and then get to say the words, Pinky, are you pondering what I'm pondering? And know that Warner Brothers is going to write me a check for saying that. It's not me just goofing around, you know, at a, you know, at a table at a Comic-Con. I'm actually being paid to be the brain again. That just, that, that just felt like coming. Come, that, that felt like brain actually did take over the world. <laughs> My triumphal return. <laughs> because i mean you can't bring back animaniacs without pinky in the brain so like i was already like so excited when i saw the teaser for animaniacs and then they went pinky in the brain and i was like oh my goodness i can't believe it oh, uh gay for you I'm, I'm sure you grew up watching animaniacs or it was an influence with you because i know you didn't work on the first one but what was it like to be able to step uh step in the chair pretty much and co-executive produce the show scary <laughs> like basically uh i was approached by warners and i said no because i was worried about ruining it like the fans are like they love this so much and uh and i was i was scared and you know after meeting with steven and amblin they 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 thought that what uh wellesley and i were bringing to it was definitely uh something that they wanted so after getting over that then eventually it was like okay let's do the deep dive let's Let's go in and figure out like like why this is so good and like get it to do exactly the same thing, you know. And and visually, um, I I'm always I always love traditional animation and really good animation. And there was um, going back and watching all the shows. There was there was one studio that stuck out to me the most, which was TMS. It was Tokyo Movie Shen. That was a Japanese studio that that worked on the original series and we just we gravitated towards that and like really um, leaned into that for design and sensibilities. And that really helped bring it to become this thing where it's like, okay, this is the best of what you remember. Not it's, it's not exactly the same, but it's like the, it's like the best of what you remember, you know? I, I think you put it perfectly because my next question was actually going to be what can fans expect with this new series? And I got to watch a few of the episodes and it does pay a beautiful homage to the, to the past but the way that it plays into the future and even with it being, you know, uh, originally animated in 2018, but with it coming out now in 2020, it's still extremely relevant. So what can fans expect with this new series? Uh, please forgive us if we aren't as relevant in a year or so, but because, <laughs> you know, time has passed. But um, I want I just want people to be really surprised. Like the original show was a variety show. You kind of didn't know what was going to happen in the next sketch. And that's what we tried to do with this. And uh, the fact that there's so many new visual things that everyone's exposed to now, like styles and sensibilities, like that's definitely like uh, one thing that we could bring to the show, like the variety aspect of it. And I just really want people to be surprised when they tune in and they don't know what to expect. And it's just like the next thing, like, wait, wait, where'd that come from? You know, like that's, 
that's what I want the fans to really walk away with. I'm looking forward to that because uh, I, I've not, I, I did not get a screener. I know a lot of you press folks did get a screener and I'm just, I'm, I'm, I'm as looking forward to binging this thing on November 20th as the rest of the country, because from an actor's point of view, it's me and, and Rob and a script and a music stand and a glass wall and Gabe and, and Wellesley behind it, giving uh, direction and Sarah giving direction, our voice director. And that's, that's what I know of the show, the look of the show, the music of the show, uh, the, you know, the, uh, the visual effects, that's all going to be a great surprise to me. And I'm as, I'm as uh, amped for it as any fan would be. I can't wait for everybody to see it. Like I, I'm totally geeking out. I usually don't geek out like in these interviews, uh, <laughs> But I mean, it was such such a part of my childhood, and getting to talk to Maurice. Uh, do, you know how, do you know how much? Do you know what a thrill that is for me to hear that? Because you're a seasoned veteran, and I've talked to seasoned veterans of 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 the media all day long, and they've said some iteration of what you're saying that you're geeking out. First of all, I don't feel worthy of it. I'm just a working a working ham voice actor. But the idea that this show contains so much joy for your generation and gave your generation and that there's this geeking out factor. Uh, and I got to be a part of it in the nineties and I'm going to be a part of it again in the 2020s. It's such an honor. So thank you so much. I'm, I'm just relieved that you like it because we work so hard to, t- <laughs> to keep it as close to the original as we can and bring it and update it. You know, that's, that's the, it's that balance that was the hardest. So I'm, I'm just like relieved and thankful that you like it, you know, Dude, uh, by the way, if you go to the Backstage Your Well YouTube channel, um, and I encourage you to subscribe to that as well, you can actually see John's facial expressions as he's talking <laughs> to the anima- Animaniacs. Uh, for me, and I mentioned this before we rolled to the, to the package, to the interview clips, uh, when I have interviewed like the legends, like the Robert Redfords, Clint Eastwoods of the world, that's the reaction that I get. So I just want to point that out. That for me, it was the Robert Redford, uh, Clint Eastwood. And for John, it's the Animaniacs. <laughs> Dude, it's funny. But uh, no, but a lot of people are, are you know, big fans of this, of this series. And, and so kind of refreshes. We're going back to, the, is it, was it the late 90s, mid 90s? It, it was from like 93 to 98. So the show ended 22 years ago, back in November of 98. And so the premise of the show for the new generation or people that may have missed it back in the 90s, is the premise is you got the Warner siblings. So you have Yakko and Wacko, who are the Warner brothers, and then their sister, Dot, and they live in the water tower on the Warner brothers' lot. So anytime me and you visit the Warner brothers' lot and I see that Warner brothers' tower, that water tower, I always think Animaniacs. And so this trio, they're just up to all types of shenanigans on the studio lot, wrecking havoc with the studio execs and everything that's going on there. So it's it's a cool, like, animated behind-the-scenes version of, like, what goes on a studio lot. But then it's also a variety show. So if you think back to, like, some of the shows, like, in the 30s and 40s, like Mickey Mouse, Felix the Cat, and Looney Tunes, where they have these different skits, that's how the show is laid out. So a lot of the times you'll have, like, two or three skits within an episode. Most episodes are around, like, 25, 30 minutes long. And so you have all these, like, short skits throughout. One of those skits is Pinky and the Brain. And so that show ended up having its own spinoff after Animaniacs. But P- 
Pinky and the Brain, it's back. It's back in 2020. And so it's so cool to where they have like an Animaniac skit, then they do a Pinky and the Brain skit, and then they go back to the Animaniacs. It's got kind of like that old vintage feel to it, but it's got new looks. It's got some anime and some newer styling that we're now seeing in animation, but definitely pays homage to the original series as well. Okay, so, but where can we watch it? Because now that it's back, where can people watch it? I know you did the press day for this, but where, like, where and when can we watch the new Animaniacs? So the Animaniacs is out now. It's now streaming on Hulu. So there's 13 episodes that fans can go watch right now. It just dropped on Hulu today. And it has also been confirmed that a season two is coming out next year. So there will be a season two in 2021. So I, I'm, I'm super excited about that as well because I've already watched quite a few episodes from season one. And to know that a season two has already been greenlit and actually probably already finished, uh, that's just really exciting for me as well. Okay. Uh, some of the names, I know that when the trailer was released for the Animaniacs, uh, I thought I saw Steven Spielberg animated in the, uh, uh, in the trailer. So is he, was he part of the original? Is he the one that launched this? Absolutely. Yeah. This is Steven Spielberg's like baby. This is like, I, I think it's his first foray into animation back in the nineties, but yeah, Steven, uh, Steven Spielberg, that it's all him. He's the one that started this. You mentioned Felix the cat in the, uh, the line uh, you were talking about the older shows. I lived in South America when I was in middle school, we lived in Santiago, Chile, and I may share more memories of that in future podcast episodes, but my first experience to learn about Felix the Cat, I did not live in Santiago, Chile in the 1930s or 40s, in case people are thinking that. No, it was, it was much later than that. But, you know, the they, they adapted. What's that? It was the 1950s. Shut up. It was not. But, 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 but it was... Uh, so when they took American shows and put them on television, like in South America, that was one of the cartoons that they took. And the very first time that I ever heard of Felix the Cat was uh, in Spanish in, in Santiago, Chile. So when I came back to the States and, you know, you run across Felix the Cat and those vintage cartoons, sometimes you're walking through the dollar store and they have like old DVDs in the rack. You've seen them. But uh, I saw Felix the Cat. And, but for me as a kid, I always thought it was a Chilean cartoon. Now I'm grown up and I realize it's an American thing. But yeah, the, that classic animation. So when you watched the Animaniacs, like this version of 2020, uh, was, you know, we've seen the Pixar animated. Of course, we have Soul coming up. Uh, you know, their style of animation, the Disney Studio style of animation. I'm talking first Lion King, that style. Uh, can you make, can you tell the difference between like the Warner Brothers animation style uh, and how they put the show out, you know, versus like some of the Pixar's and Disney's and things like that. And the humor too. Absolutely. Yeah. And you play a very good point to that is it does have that older style of animation. It is cleaned up, but it's not so much like CGI based or computer based uh, with 3d modeling as like you would have like with a Pixar film and then coming to the jokes. Like I think Shrek is a good example is like is the movie shrek had a lot of jokes that as an adult you pick up on but as a child you don't animaniacs does the same thing so there's a lot of like hidden messaging and jokes within it that the kids won't pick up on but the adults will definitely get a kick out of as well so i love that like d dual layer of the show that for, for that you know to where the kids 
are going to have their jokes, but then the adults have, there's a whole nother layer of jokes that are there just for the adults. So, I mean, could this be like parents that are listening to us right now? Is this a good babysitter? Can you just plant the kids on the couch? You can tell how my childhood went. Uh, can you plant the child? I'm kidding. My mom's probably plant the kids on the iPad. She's going <laughs> to scold me, but can you plant the kids like on the, on the couch and put this like on your TV and, and it's okay for them to watch? Yeah. Yeah. It, it's clean. So, I mean, you could have a five-year-old watching it. You can, you can have a 10-year-old watching it, but then the same thing, like I was saying earlier, you can have a 70-year-old, any age, like really, you're going to get a kick out of watching this show for sure. All right. I like that. That's cool. Um, so yeah, when we go, when we, and you mentioned we, you know, being on the Warner Brothers lot, uh, and I know that we have been on the lot a couple of times. That's definitely a podcast episode behind the scenes. Uh, I I want to tell the story. Not today. I tease a lot. I've noticed that because like last week I teased the worst person that I've ever interviewed. Uh, <laughs> we're going to do an episode uh, of this podcast, and it's just going to be about reveals. But uh, one story I want to talk about in the future is when we were on the Sony lot. And we actually went to the soundstage where they filmed The Wizard of Oz. That was cool. But uh, going back to Warner Brothers, so the water tower plays a, a part of the, of the story. Is that what you're saying? Or They live in the water tower. Oh, I did not know that. Yeah, I watched so- – okay, I mean, I'm just going to admit it right now, dude. I, I was a casual Animaniacs uh, fan. At that time, I w- had started my radio career in Los Angeles, uh, and I was a young dude doing afternoon drive on the biggest hip-hop station in the country. It still is. Power 106 Los Angeles. So uh, Animaniacs was something I knew about, but honestly, I didn't really watch, you know, religiously. Uh, so I didn't know they lived in the water tower. And, and so tell me more about that. I, how do you live in a water tower? <laughs> I mean, I, I think Steven was probably just on a lot and it's like, where's a funny place that we could put these guys? I don't really know. That's a good question. How, how the water tower story uh, started. But going back to you, I mean, I can understand that you were such a pivotal, you had such a pivotal role in the hip hop scene uh, during that time in Los Angeles that I can understand how you'd be so focused on that, you know, working at Power 106. Yeah, well, I mean, I watch a lot of TV. So like, I mean, I, I think that was around the time like of the OC. This is going to just, this is another way that you could tell the difference between John and I. Like, I think the OC or Dawson's Creek might have even been on. And this is even before that. That's before the OC. Yeah. Well, can I just say that I, I, if, if the OC and Animaniacs were on, I would be watching the OC. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's, that's just fact. And Dawson's Creek. Yeah, I was on Warner Brothers Kids. And before that, it was on another network. I can't remember the name. But yeah, it, it was a kid's show. I mean, so that's, that's how I ended up watching it. It was Animaniacs and Power Rangers, you know, during that period. This is even before really Pokemon even took off. Pokemon was more my brother's generation. I mean, I guess we're technically the same generation. He's three years younger than me. But that was more of his, uh, his age group, uh, whereas we were more Animaniacs and Power Rangers back in the day. So similar to how The Simpsons, I don't even know if you know this, uh, w- w- that show was a spinoff of what show? Do you know the answer to that? The Carol Burnett show, is that right? No, it wasn't Carol Burnett. <laughs> Dude, I uh, love Carol Burnett. We, I, we drove by her house once on one of those Hollywood Homes tours that you hate going on that I love doing. Every time we're in L.A. and we have a free afternoon, I love doing those Homes tours. You can't stand them. Uh, but uh, Carol Burnett, no, I'll give you one more guess and then I'll give you the answer. No Googling. Oh, I don't know. I don't know. You know I know, know. I know. Ah. Simpsons came out in 88. You know, I was born in 87. 
And I remember as a kid not getting to watch The Simpsons because Bart was too uh, a little too much for a four and five year old to watch. At the well, time, you should know this answer then. Uh, he was part of the Tracy Ullman show. Tracy Ullman, yeah, yeah. yeah and so that. it was somewhere in my head, but there's I couldn't find it. <laughs> okay, well, you can phone a friend, and I will be that friend. So, but but uh, thanks. Uh, who to be? A, who wants to be a millionaire? Reference. But so you're telling me that like, so the Simpsons were a spinoff of the uh, Tracy Ullman show. So Pinky and the Brain, for some reason, I actually know more about Pinky and the Brain than I do the Animaniacs. So for me, you, you doing these, you did these interviews. It was a learning experience for me because I really didn't know that Pinky and the Brain was a spinoff of the Animaniacs. I actually, I do know more about Pinky and the Brain, believe it or not. Is it because, are, are they considered like more evil? Of the Animaniacs? Mischievous. Yeah, well, you have the Animaniacs. So, like, the way they do it is, like, they have, like, the different skits. And so, like, you have an Animaniac skit, and then it just goes into a Pinky and the Brain episode. It's kind of like they're in their own world. You know, the brain, his main focus every episode is, I'm going to take over the world. And then you have Pinky, which is his fun-loving sidekick but not the brightest star in the sky to have around so but he brings a lot of the comedy and lightheartedness to the show whereas the brain is just focused on world domination every episode (laughs) and it's really cool that he did the voice so uh i'm sure that was a lot of fun for you all right before we wrap up episode number two i uh i'm super excited of uh i want to talk about some of the episodes that we have coming up for everybody uh we are going to be talking with the cast of selena uh, which is the Netflix uh, series that's about to come out. Um, you know, we're based here in, in Texas. We're not, we're not hiding that. We're proud to be uh, based here in the Houston area. Uh, BackstageOL.com. And, and check out the website, BackstageOL.com, our YouTube channel, BackstageOL. Subscribe to that. But obviously here in Texas, Selena is a huge deal. She's huge worldwide. Uh, I have seen the, uh, all the episodes. There's nine episodes on Netflix uh, for Selena. And I will tell you that if you're a fan uh, you definitely need to watch this. If you know nothing about Selena, maybe you didn't, you, maybe you live in under a rock and you didn't see the movie with Jennifer Lopez because <laughs> who hasn't seen that one? Uh, uh, you know, it did come out several years ago, but this is something that you definitely need to watch. So we're really excited uh, to have that coming up. Also, uh, John, tell them about some other episodes we have coming up. What I'm really excited about is the Christmas Chronicles 2 because it's Goldie Hawn and Kurt Russell and we got both of them. And like, to have them as a couple come on the backstage experience, it, that, that was a lot of fun. Yeah, and I will just tell you right now, at the time of recording this episode two of the backstage experience, I've already recorded the interviews with Christmas Chronicles too, and Kurt and Goldie were amazing. We actually, watch your feet because I'm about to name drop. Uh, John and I have actually spent some time with Kurt and Goldie. We were with them in New Orleans for Deepwater Horizon, and um, they're just wonderful people. I've known them for a long time uh, with Kurt Russell. And we'll, we'll go into detail on that particular episode, but Kurt and I have a mutual love for an old Western show uh, called Bonanza. Dude, seriously, everybody that's listening right now is going to think that I'm 80. I told him you were living, <laughs> it, living in South America in the 50s. No, no, I did not live in South America in the 50s. But no, I, I just, I like a lot of old shows. You know what show has gotten me through the pandemic? The Andy Griffith Show. I was about to say Andy Griffith, yeah. Dude, I, I watch it like every day, and it's because it's a simpler time, takes your mind away, and I, I just love, even, like even Bonanza. When, when I was a kid, uh, I got Bonanza as a DVD set, and, and then people were like, what is this kid loving Bonanza? Anyway, Kurt Russell and I 
have a, a love for that show. And I'm going to go into details on that particular ep- podcast episode, uh, a, a story ab- about Bonanza that I want to share with everybody. And I, John, I know you know that story and it's just, it's really cool. So yeah, I'm excited about Christmas Chronicles, Selena. Uh, we also just booked uh, yesterday, John, I don't even know if you know this, you may not have even seen the email. I came through la- late last night, but a very good friend of ours, uh, has a show coming up on Netflix. I didn't realize he's going into like, I think it's his second season, but we, uh, we just booked Gabriel Iglesias. And um, that definitely will be a podcast episode. And he is just, there's a lot of stories with Gabriel. Yeah, we have I don't, stories for days with Gabriel. I don't know if we're going to tell all of them. <laughs> <laughs> I don't care. Maybe some people are still employed at some of the establishments. So, Yeah, but... Anyway, yeah, I love Gabriel. He's like a brother to me, so uh, and, and you as well. So uh, I'm really looking forward to that one. So, well, I guess what I'm saying is we have a lot of really cool stuff coming up uh, that you're definitely going to want to uh, tune into. Before we leave, and John, I'll give you the closing uh, statement here, but I want to just say this. Please, everybody, wear a mask. Um, you know, I don't need to tell you that it's getting really dangerous out there. I know Thanksgiving is coming up. We will have an episode three for Thanksgiving week, uh, maybe even a four, but I, for sure the three. But you just please wear a mask and please be careful because the only way that we're going to get through this thing and get past it is if we just bring it in a little, cause it's out of control right now. And as somebody that has lost people to this disease, I have uh, relatives that are now hospitalized that are going through it. It's just awful and it doesn't need to be this way. So if I can leave you with one thing today, it's please wear a mask and take this thing really serious and think about what you're doing for the Thanksgiving holiday. Celebrate, have a great one, eat the turkey. Doesn't mean you can't do all those things. Just do it in a safe manner and think twice about what you're, who you're around and what you're doing. That's, that's really all I ask. And then you can watch the Animaniacs. See, that'll take your mind off of it. Yeah, and everyone, thank you for uh, listening to the Backstage Experience. We're going to continue to have more episodes. They're going to be coming out every Friday. Like Dave mentioned, we may be even adding a few during the week as well. So there'll definitely be one every Friday, but we may be sprinkling a couple extras throughout the week as well. We just have so much amazing content coming out that we're just going to keep adding on to this as well. And if you're a fan, please give us a like. Please give us a follow. Give us a five-star review. And then follow us on Instagram. We're always posting, you know, breaking news stories and stuff on Instagram. You can check out the photo that I just posted of us on the Warner Brothers lot with the uh, tower in the background, which is really exciting. The Animaniacs Tower, as I call it. So just give us a like, give us a follow and uh, tell your friends. Tell your friends that are movie fans or TV show fans or just entertainment fans in general. Tell them about the backstage experience. And you know what, John, let me just jump in real quick. Tell your enemies too, uh, please. Because the more the merrier. <laughs> Friends and enemies, we live it. Give those handles too real quick where they can follow us. Yeah, so you can follow us at Backstage Well on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. And we're also on TikTok as well. So if you want to go on TikTok and check out some of our stuff, we're on there as well. Thanks everyone for tuning in and we'll see you on the next episode of the Backstage Experience.